Virgin. Pop. Packing bowls and freeing souls from America's heartland. You're listening to Bowl After Bowl with Lorian and Spencer. He's maybe he can play guitar by the firelight. It is on, folks. It is on. It is on. I just want to say I'm not afraid. Come to my fucking door. I want my weed. We're stoned. Why do you think they call it dope? Nah, I've never been able to figure that out myself. I'm not sure. But what I'm sure of is, you're listening to a weird, wild, wacky, very special edition of Bowl After Bowl. We call them Bowls with Buds, where we get a bud in the bowl, sit down and talk with them. I'm Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. I'm Dame DeLorean. And, and Chris jo- Vox right here. Yes, in yeah. the flesh. Mr. Chris Vox. Joining us in the flesh for an in-person bowl. What's up with that? I'm very excited. Stoked to be here. We're stoked to have you. Yeah, this is great. Most yeah. definitely. I'm glad we uh, we talked about this and made it happen, and I'm excited to um, see you guys at the show tonight. It's going to be uh, a lot of fun. Whole family. Yeah, most definitely. Yep. Yeah. Whole wolf pack. <laughs> Been looking forward to this one for a minute. Yeah. For the, a minute. The kids are super excited, too. They are going to love it. Yeah, it'll be fantastic. Uh, so, Sir Chris Fox, he's joining us. We first met uh, at the Big Tennessee meetup, Valentine's Day of Indeed. last year. So it's been like pretty much a year. Yep, that's, that's correct. It's wild. It feels like just a blink of an eye, doesn't it? It does. It has been, yeah. Fast. So weird. I feel like an old fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Not as old as me. Well, there you go. It's all a relative term, you know? It's just relative true. stuff. That's true. Yeah. Relative. You always feel the oldest you've ever been because you always are the oldest you've ever been. That is also true. <laughs> uh, Every day. Yeah. Uh. Every moment. Uh-oh. Arjun in the chat says, okay, boomer. <laughs> I am a boomer. Well, no, I'm, I'm uh, technically uh, Gen X, I guess I would be. Cotton Gin in the chat room's going, uh, I have a bunch of boomers in here. <laughs> He's starting early today. Uh, so for those who do the format, Bulls with Buds, that's where we just sit down with a bud in the bowl, and they're sporadically uh, organized. Kinda Boomers like, don't day drink. Kinda, that's true. I'm drinking in the AM. This is a proven Gen Xer. <laughs> well, I guess it's PM now. Sorry. You got some black nail polish and a white claw. Yeah. <laughs> don't and know so what I'm drinking. That, there's no Boomer at all. That's a Boomer repellent. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't supposed to say. The claws, the law. Ain't no laws. <laughs> the claw, claws. The claw breaks the law. <laughs> yeah, that's what I love. That's what I love. Um, anyway, so so this, uh, to give people some background, Chris Fox, he's, uh, how do you bill yourself? Is like a lead singer? Of, uh, of yeah, your there's there's three singers in the band. Um, it's sort of like a, uh, like a Las Vegas cabaret style 80s hairband tribute. Uh, where there's three singers, where we rotate uh, between the three singers. So while one person is singing, the other two singers are changing. 
so on and so forth. And we just go in an order and, you know, bang out a couple hours of music. You'll see tonight the, the form, you know, the formula. Killer. And uh, it's a good time. You know, everyone likes it. It's all it's all hits. We get like three generations of audience members from, you know, that 50, 60 year old to their kids to their kids. Nice. It's, yeah. We'll have we'll have two generations represented. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, you, you're kind ourselves. of yeah, you're proving the point right there. That's that's awesome to have something that like it's still fun and relevant for everybody, yeah. but it's also like family accessible too. It's a yeah. show, you know. Yeah. It's definitely a show, and uh, you'll you get most of the bells and whistles tonight, so it'll be a good show. So uh, I I have so many questions that I've thought of that um, I'm a fool for not having written down, so I'll have to like recall them all. But I'm <laughs> sure that I'm sure that I can do decent. Um, what band is Cotton Gin is asking in the chat? The band is Hairball, and you can yes. find them at hairballonline.com. Yep. And uh, so I'm interested. Your profile picture on No Agenda Social, which, by the way, people can follow Chris Vox. That's K-R-I-S-V-O-X. Yes. At noagendasocial.com. And your profile picture is of Freddie. That's me, yeah, doing the uh, Queen impersonation. So... Is that something that uh, the singers rotate, or do you have like a set so have, list yeah, of guys all, that you do? That's correct. Yeah. So everyone has their their things that they do. And, okay. You know, so I'll have uh, my set of things. The other singers will have their set of things, and we don't change that. You know, all that stuff is uh, determined by you know <laughs> the costumes that obviously fit that person and sure. what, what it is that they sing well, or you know, there's different styles. Like I, I can't do. Uh, we got a different guy who does Brian Johnson, ACDC. I can't sing that. You know what I mean? So he does all that screaming stuff. He'll okay. Do, he'll do Brian Johnson. He'll do, you know, Cinderella. He'll do Alice Cooper, Quiet Riot, all those, you know. Okay. Yeah. Voices that I can't. He knows do. about to rock. Yeah, I can't, uh, can't do that. So that's uh, that's one guy. And then there's another guy who does the Guns N' Roses, the Motley Crue, the Van Halen. Okay. Um, you know, so we all have our... Yeah. And and yours? I do stuff like I have a bunch of stuff I can do. I'll uh, I'll do Kiss tonight. I'll do. Um, I'm not sure what the rest of the list will be, but Def Leppard, Aerosmith, Queen, Judas Priest, you know, uh, White Snake. I, I have a plethora of characters I can switch between. Nice. Yeah. And Chameleon. Bon Jovi. It, I might do that. I'll probably. Yeah. I think I was going to play some Bon Jovi today. So. Hell yeah! And we do have you. Uh... Set up with a guitar. This is a kind of a first for the poll. Um, yeah, I did bring a guitar. And a little bit of inside baseball or like sausage making uh, glimpse. We've done in-person bowls with buds in the past. We've done a few of them. Um, I think that uh, Abel Kirby was the first one we ever did. Right? Yeah. And he was also here when this place was the trashed, it's, as trash as it's ever been. So like... Imagine it looking worse than it looks right now. Like I know it's tough. Oh, that sounds but, heavenly. Oh my god! And he had to sit right between us. And we <laughs> had him holding a microphone in his hand the whole time. Nice. Don't drop your contact lens. Oh my god, it was rough. Uh, so, <laughs> so we've kind of been trying bit by bit as we've had in person people to improve the situation of the setup somewhat. The Motu going in only has two XLR inputs. And so that always presents like the biggest challenge. It's like, how are we going to get three mics into two XLRs? And really what we eventually should do is just mm, plug the 
vocals, plug everybody's microphone into something that runs into input one and then come up with a better music situation i would say or like a music board for input to the behringer board is what we're running you and your guitar through right now yep and that's where the little grounded hum is coming from if anybody can detect that we we did battle with it and this is like where we could get it to yeah it's you know it is what it is it sounds all right to me i'm i'm rocking the 58 over here it's yeah so the 58 um this is like the travel mic I brought it with me. I didn't know if I would need it. I mean, I could have probably used yours too. It would have either one would have worked. Mm-hmm. So it's always the uh, spin the wheel and roll of the dice. Yeah. Um, Cotton Gin doesn't hear any hum hum on headphones, so you know. Tight. It, it always like the imperfections are always like most highlighted in our headphones, like in real time. So yeah. So where to, kids? Well. What I wanted to ask you, we yes. always ask first-time buds yes. their origin story, uh, especially because you are a knight of the No Agenda uh, Nation. I am. And so, like, how you got hit in the mouth and, like, your journey into No Agenda. Uh, I've, got a, I've got a pretty typical one. Um, we talked a little bit be- before we started uh, you know, recording or we setting up. And basically, I... Uh, I hadn't listened to a podcast my entire life until 2020. <laughs> nice. Wow. So uh, completely uh, blissfully ignorant of all things. I just really didn't care for the most part. I was just doing my thing. I had plenty of ups and downs up to 2020. Um, I had even left Hairball for a while, came back to Hairball, uh, you know, went through a divorce, all kinds of crap. So I really was tuned out of politics pretty much. I just didn't really care i kind of you know i you know when when 2020 happened everything got shut down then it became uh a matter of looking around going well what's going on where am i going to get some information from i hear everybody talking about this joe rogan guy i'll tune in check it out i didn't catch adam on there but i did find out there's a lot of interesting things going on started branching out listening to a lot of podcasts pretty much just exclusively uh, and then another musician friend told me about No Agenda in May. Um, just mentioned it just nonchalantly because we'd been talking back and forth and discussing things that we'd been looking at. And he said, you should check out this podcast. Uh, I did, and I just, yeah, I really latched onto it. Um, once I got the format, I was hooked. Right. Uh, and then I knew I wanted to, you know, be a part of this community, community. Yeah, the community. Uh, and... Um, you know, support the show too. You know, nice. and we met at that first Nashville meetup. Yep, that's right. That uh, was cool. The the roller rink. Yep, I met so many people there. It was crazy. So I have a, a funny backstory for that too. Okay. Uh, my wife and I went to that. We were pretty excited. Um, she likes Nashville too. Just to you know, we both do. We have plenty of friends there. Makes sense. Uh, I had been having like my, my back was kind of screwed up. I'd been. Drinking all day, pretty drunk. Yeah, got there expecting to drink some more to keep this thing going. Because you know, once you're oh, there yeah. and you're having you know back issues, you got to keep that booze going. Right. Dry. It was. It, it was, was dry. Dry meat. I walk in. There I remember and they, that. And all these kids. I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> so the wife and I kind of get a chuckle out of that when we think back to uh, 
That's funny. I remember that. I remember yeah. you were like, yeah, there's well, like, I can't get a cocktail anywhere. What's going on? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I sobered up there. It wasn't too bad. A lot nice. of food, too. I just kept uh, hitting the rink. I don't know. Like, yeah. See, that was out of the question for me. There was no way I could skate with a bad back. No doubt. Yeah. Because that, that's what rollerblading does for you is it just gives you a bad back no matter what. Unless you're skating all the time yeah. and are totally wor- like used to it or in, in shape in any form, which I was not. Yeah, it's a, it's a uh, rough part-time activity. You got to be careful. I, um, I prefer rollerblading. But uh, the roller skate thing, it's it, it gives you the same sort of a rush, I think. I don't know. For me, I'm just like, yeah, I was torn because the, the event wasn't that long. But it was also like, hey, I paid for roller skates, you know? It's like, right. Most of the time I just spent out there, even though I was like, there's a lot of people I want to talk to. And there was, they had a live stream going that Boobery had set up. And- it's the first time I met him as well. We've uh, we've kept kept up a few times in Minnesota, so that's cool. Nice. So yeah. so uh, how far when you're touring with Hairball? How f- do you go coast to coast, just like everywhere, or how does uh, that? I've seen like on the schedule, it looks like a lot of Midwest stuff coming up. There's a lot of Midwest stuff in the in the winter time. Um, we go as far as uh, upstate New York, Florida, Pennsylvania, uh, as far west as Montana, Colorado. Uh, that's, you know, I'd say that's, you know, Texas, we'll do some, you know, uh, we'll play a you know, bike rally once a year down in Texas. There's a few other gigs we played there in Houston. So we get around quite a bit. I mean, we play about 120 shows a year, so you need to travel enough to spread that around. Sure. You can't do that in one market, obviously. Definitely. So yeah. We might play a market maybe twice a year or some markets once a year. Gotcha. And just spread it out. So I'm interested in like your origin with hairball and then hairball's origin in and of itself. Like, were you there so hairball, when it first formed? Or hairball started so long ago. It was a uh, it was sort of a a mockery or almost a spoof band that just played bars. Okay, I would say it started literally 23 years ago. We have an anniversary show coming up in March. It's 23-year anniversary. Damn. So for the first eight to ten years, the band was kind of, I mean, it grew a little bit, but it was pretty much it was still in the bar scene. And it was, uh, there were a couple, no one in the band is original members. They're all, they've all okay. changed since then. And it started out as sort of a, uh, a spoof where you would go and Steve Perry would have a really big nose. And you'd, you just, it was kind of a joke. You'd make okay. fun of the music. Sure. <laughs> And over the years, the members changed, and it eventually morphed into more of a tribute, where it was less of a mockery, and you know, more of trying to build up the production, make it a big uh, visual experience. Okay. With authentic costumes and authentic mannerisms, and rather than mocking the bands, trying to pay homage, I guess. Sure. And, and uh, I would say it took about. Oh, yeah, about 10, 12 years to get to that point. And then it just started going up, 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 up. And eventually we're, the band's playing, you know, small arenas, you know, selling out these. You know, I think this show tonight is sold out, this casino show. So, awesome. yeah, so it's, it keeps building up. And um, people like, people don't know what they like. They like what they know. That's true. <laughs> you can take that to the bank. No doubt. So, you know, we're not, we don't have to worry about selling a catalog. We sell a time and 
place, you know, that eighties hair band. Yep. Uh heyday, you know? Sure. So Yeah. And that's what the show represents. And you need a lot of bells and whistles to pull off the full experience. And that's where we're certainly ahead of other people trying to do this. That's really interesting, like the evolution of that. It started off as just kind of a Indeed. Well, not to interrupt you, but no, the, not at all. the magic of it, too, is that the guy who started the band was the original singer, one of the two original singers, uh, who eventually, I took, his, I, I took his place, so he eventually phased himself out okay. to make the band be able to become what it is. And he also, since he's the owner, the band can stay together and keep moving forward and investing in itself, whereas if you have just five or six yahoos left to their own demise. Right. There's no way this thing's going to keep functioning for 20 years. Right. Definitely. Yep. This is going to, you know, it's going to go off the rails. So that's a big part of the band. Just having success at this level is just being together this long and managing to continue to invest in it. Whereas there's somebody at the top going, okay, I'm going to, you know, keep a handle on this. And if if so-and-so doesn't like the program or doesn't want to go along, well then we'll just replace that person and keep this machine moving. Gotcha. So, yeah, we have a new singer coming in in a month. Uh, uh, Joe Dandy, our, our Van Halen slash Motley Crue slash Guns N' Roses guy. He is retiring at 61. Wow. Um, we got a new guy coming in from Las Vegas and the show must go on. Yeah. Just the cycle <laughs> continues. That's yeah. really cool, man. Yeah. That's really awesome. Uh, so how did you discover the band or like get uh, kind of brought in? When uh, when I when I came into the band, it was still pretty much local. I knew all the people in the band. It's a you know fairly small group of people who know each other in the music business. So sure, they had approached me a couple times to join the band, and I th- and is it like out of Vegas? Was it? No, it's out of Minneapolis, St. Paul. Oh, okay, where we're, Minneapolis, yeah, right on where we're located, and Twin uh, cities. I think it was 2008, I finally took the gig, um, and I was kind of like one of the last pieces of that puzzle to make the band less of a mockery. The person who I replaced, who was the owner of the band, right? He was, he was, and he was also getting up there in age, and most of the stuff he did was comedy. He would make fun of whatever it is he's impersonating, so uh, it, was, uh, it was interesting, and it was fun making the transition. Um, uh, you know that was you know 2008 i would say by 2010 we were playing uh mostly um uh, you know ballrooms we kind of were out of the bars by then by two by 2010 sure you know outdoor festivals too was another big thing i would say half of our shows half of the 120 shows we play is between july and september so okay we probably wow. play 60 shows in that those prime summer months where all the festivals and outdoor stuff is. Yeah, that makes sense. And we'll play, you know, three, four, or five times a week easy. I saw that uh, it looked like almost a full week coming up in Florida, like in a month. That's or a two. bike week. Yeah, we'll we'll play a six day run at a you know the Broken Spoke and that's uh, yeah, it's a fun gig down by you know Tampa. That's awesome. So um, Daytona actually. The I am also interested in like the origin story of first getting into music, like uh, just a little kid with records. Yeah, you know, I loved uh, I loved music at a very young age. My parents had a record collection and a turntable, and they let me play them. That was it. I mean, 
I got my first Kiss album probably second grade. You know, that was you know, 70s. Um, they had a bunch of cool records, you know, Foreigner, Paul Simon, The Beatles, yeah. Rolling Stones, Jimi Hendrix, Eric Clapton. You know, I just I would just play them. And then my parents' friends would start buying me albums for holidays or whatever. They could just knew I was into it. and That was it. I was hooked. And how about playing? Uh, so you know, I always did the hairbrush as a kid within the mirror. So I, I was always singing, but really, I, I played drums uh, all through high school. As soon as they introduced you to an instrument, what was it? Maybe fifth grade. Yeah, that sounds I think, right. Uh, I was homeschooled for a chunk of that, so I don't. Yeah, uh, I don't know when else started, but uh, probably had my first drum set by seventh grade, and then I was playing like pep band, marching band. Concert band, nice. Yep. No choir. <laughs> yeah, I never did the but, choir uh, thing. Either. Yeah, that was you know that was not for the rock and roll people. So, right. Yep. So Different. All, uh, I was all rock and roll in high school. Rock and roll only. Yeah, you had to have the big four, man: Slayer, Metallica, Megadeth, and Anthrax. That was. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I was always interested in guitar, um, even really young, because um, my mom had a couple of guitars. Uh, although she mostly played flute. Um, I tried to take lessons. I was like five or six. I was like super young and I was just too young to really yeah, form, to the, do it. form the chords and everything. Like, you know, I GDC and that was pretty much it. Need a smaller guitar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she had a smaller, like a classical or whatever they call it. Like the little smaller like building. A parlor, maybe a parlor but, guitar. Yeah, but even that was like still not quite there yet. Um, so then I never really took any other formal guitar lessons or any other formal lessons except for drums. And so I got like that drum kit. It's the only drum kit I've ever had. And I got it when I, uh, I turned 14, I want to say. Yeah. Or maybe it was before that. Maybe it was 12, somewhere in there. Because I know I was still homeschooled. But then uh, I took these drum lessons at the mall, and that was kind of my main deal, you know, yeah. is drumming. That's what I, like, know the most about. So all these other things that are laying around, like I've got plenty of guitars and a bass and uh, shit. There's even a trumpet at the bottom of the pile over there. And, <laughs> there and, like, I don't, I don't know much about any I, of them. I loved, I just I loved like playing them. drums. It was, I still love playing drums. I still have some drums, and uh, I think once... I didn't really pick up guitar seriously until maybe I was 20, 21. And that was because I realized I'd, I'd started singing uh, probably at about 18, 19 and picked up a band that was playing all the time. And once I started singing all the time, full time, I'm like, oh, this guitar thing is going to come in handy. No doubt. So I kind of crash course that and, um, you know, started doing some acoustic gigs and that helps it out a lot, you know, pushed it forward. But yeah, it's yeah. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna sing, it helps to be able to play an instrument that's yep. not drums. <laughs> yeah, drums yeah. is such a pain in the it's ass. It's a tough one, especially what to sing while you're playing. Yeah, it's and you a, can do it, but still, who who's you know? He, yeah, nobody wants to watch Don Henley. Come on out here, Don. Let's right, get a little closer. Can I can take a look at you. I know, but uh, yeah, I know the singing drummer. It's, it's a rarity. Uh, it's always impressive when you see it, but. Uh, yeah, it's it's not something that I was ever like. I've tried to a few times. It's hard you know, to market, just, you know. Yeah, 
Just just yeah. the uh, boom stand you need to get a microphone to yeah. your face from the, the round one. Oh god. Yeah. It's always a pain in the ass. Yeah, the drummer. That's like uh you're always de facto the place where the practices are. It's true. Cause, uh, Drum set and a PA. That's mm-hmm. I never had a van either, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, the drummer eventually, if you evolve in your drummerdom, you evolve to get a van at one point. And I I'll never... vouch for that, the, the rehearsal thing, because I have a drum set and a PA, and that's and I'll have the rehearsals at my place just so I don't have to go somewhere else. Yeah, there's like... Come over and play my drums so I don't I'm have to not, leave. I'm not taking these drums anywhere. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah. I've moved those drums as many times as I've moved... Everything you know, as I've moved places, and that's it. Uh, uh, there was a couple of gigs we used to play. Um, when I was in Columbia, we'd play like open mics, and uh, I think we opened one time for a local band. So that involved just hauling the drums like two blocks south of where I lived, or two blocks north of where I lived on the same street, on the same side of the street even. So that wasn't really that big of a deal. But other than that, I just hated moving them, you know? It's a pain in the ass. I do like the electronics stuff, because that gives me a little bit more freedom of, like, the sound and the time I'm playing. Yeah. And, uh, they don't take They're up useful as much, for a lot of things. Take it, up as much space, you know? Space, volume, I mean, there's all kinds of reasons, you know, that they're a plus. And there's some things where they're a minus, but... Yeah, mostly on the feel. Yeah, I mean... It's like, there's nothing that will match the feeling of slamming around on a real... A really, really good drum set, mm-hmm. mic'd up really well in a great studio, is always going to be better than any electronic drum set. But yeah. there are lots of, you know, great attributes for for the electric kit. No kit. doubt. The kit. Oh, man. Cheers. Cheers, yeah. Hell yeah. Cheers. Oh, by the way... Um, I got some other stuff we could break out if you want later on. I got okay. actually I got this coffee whiskey that oh. I have not yet tried. All right. Um, but we got it from a guy the other day, and I kind of want to try it. I might break some of that out. Um, what do you need? I'm gonna okay. go up and get it. Okay. I'm gonna go up and get it. All right. So. We covered the No Agenda origin, Hairball yes. origin. How'd you find Bowl After Bowl? Well, I found that on uh, No Agenda Social. All right. Which I probably, I, I think that took me, uh, Dan Ramos hooked me up with that um, way back when. I think I found, I think he found me on some No Agenda page on the uh, face bag way back in the day and he actually got me. It was back when I think people had to be onboarded somehow with some sort of, uh, like someone had to recommend you or something to join. Yeah, I think yeah. you need like a link or something. Yeah, yeah. And he got me the link. This was be- you know before they'd reached the limit. And again, I just, I was, you know, really took it in. I loved it. I still love it. It's great. I spend way more time on that than any other social um, yeah, definitely. I'd get, I'd get way more out of it too, and certainly learn a lot more. So that would be how I discovered uh, bowl after bowl, bowl with buds, all of it. Um, discovered a few other podcasts that way too. So it took me a while to actually start listening to things live. I would say I bet a good year before I really started getting impatient enough, where I'm like, okay, let's, <laughs> you know, 11 a.m., let's go, uh, ready for the show. <laughs> 
Uh, and now I, I prefer it. Sometimes I have to listen to it again because I, I get interrupted or things happen. I don't catch everything. But, uh, yeah, I do like the live thing. So I spend some time on the stream as well and listening. How, how long have you been uh, in the live life? Uh, listening live? Yeah. I, about uh, at least a year now. I feel like uh, once I started doing that, it just it's like, hard to go back. Yeah. It totally switched for me because it's a do- it's a different experience. It's something about listening, knowing that everyone else is listening, and then you're on the social too, and yep. you're kind of talking about what's happening. It just feels like there's a connection. There's like yeah. a, you feel it, you know, the participation. Exactly. Yes, yes, for sure. Now, if I want to really absorb it, then maybe I have to listen to you know after it's been dropped or whatever but it's i've also got like a there's a certain like time factor thing where once i started listening to the live shows just in general with the in a universe it was just like i don't have time now you know like if i catch right. something while it's on then i caught it and if i didn't then didn't. like it's pretty rare now that i'll go back and listen to shows yeah. um if i miss them just because like if I have an opportunity to do that, there's another show about to come on, yeah. you know? So. The live crazy. snob. Man, live must snob, have, yep. <laughs> must have glued this goddamn uh, mason jar shut right on me or something. Set for the apocalypse. I think so. Yeah. It was like, no, we don't want you to taste this coffee whiskey. <laughs> I could probably punch a fucking hole in the top, actually. There you go. Well, it wouldn't be the bowl without... Weed questions too. That's right. I was thinking. I like so. weed questions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the What's your first encounter with weed like? What was that like? Oh boy! So high school, uh, probably freshman. I bet I was thirteen. Uh, first couple times didn't do anything. I don't know if people have had that experience, that, but that's the, a pattern we've noticed. Uh, and then the. the First time I really got high, boy, it was something else. Um, uh, just with a couple buddies, my two high school friends who were older than I was. Um, and I remember going to his parents' house. He was, you know, had this 70s Volkswagen Beetle, went to his parents' house. And I just, it was all very, very bizarre. Uh, but I liked it because I kept smoking it. So nice. something, something was right about it. Um, but it was, you know. Pretty nuts. That was probably 84. Okay. Yeah. So with it not working the first, what, like couple times? Yeah. Um, what, do you th- what do you think the factors are I there? I don't know what that uh, is. I, I wonder that as well. I don't know. The first time I tried it, it was a situation where, like, I was definitely not prepared or ready, but also couldn't say, like, couldn't turn it down. It was like... Uh, I was working construction at the time, and in construction, I was like 16, and I was just like the assistant. You know, I was like the throw shit away kid. The you can't really use. Like I wasn't supposed to use power air tools, but sometimes I did. But most of the times, no. And if it was anything like consequential or like something that I could fuck up, they wouldn't let me do it. You know, um, so. It was like a lunch break. And, and in that environment, when you're 16 and you're around these like grown ass men, you can't show any weakness, right? Like you can't, uh, you can't back down. They're just going to call you a girl for the rest of like however long you work there, you know? Right. 
And so it was like a lunch break one time. I always wore this Pink Floyd hat to work. And uh, they would always play the classic rock station. And so I heard like all of these songs that it was like all day, like probably a lot of the songs that uh, we'll hear tonight, you know. Was probably, like, yeah. It's like all cranking through like all day. So that was the lifestyle. And then one day, uh, they just, all of the guys on the construction crew decided, Spencer smokes weed, right? Oh, yeah, he definitely smokes weed. <laughs> and I couldn't, like, I didn't confirm or deny it, you know? I just kind of, like, rolled my eyes and, like, blew it off, you know? Because I couldn't be like, no, I've never smoked weed, you know? Because, again, that would be like the, um, you know, admitting you're not tough or cool or whatever the fuck, you know? Sure. But I also couldn't be like, oh, yeah, I've totally done weed. Like, here's what it's about. Because I knew nothing about weed at all. I'd never even seen it. So I just kind of, like, blew it off. And so one day uh, there was a lunch break. And uh, one of the dudes took me into town to pick up. We, like, pick a McDonald's or whatever the bullshit was. So we're on our way to McDonald's. And he, like, hands me this uh, cigarette pack. It's like Marlboro cigarette pack. And he's like, yeah, it's in there. And I open it up and there's this, like brick of weed like i never seen it you know it's just some swag like hard weed and then he has these i've never seen anybody do this before or since but he's he has these like little uh they look like medical scissors or like toenail clip scissors or something you know like right so you get cut it up yeah and he's like cut it up and he's like but you gotta cup it in your hands and so like as i was cutting it up little pieces were like going (laughs) over the car and he was getting pissed of like The shit's like flying out, you know, and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but I'm like cutting it up. (laughs) And then he's got this little metal, uh, called it the bullet, but it's just like a little metal bowl with like a rubber mouthpiece and you unscrew the tip and pack it and then screw the tip back on and hit it. It Sounds like a sneak a toke. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Those are great. He had one of those and uh, I just jammed this weed in there and then like he hit it and I hit it and I just like coughed so hard it was like the harshest shit of all they're supposed to be smokeless but they're not no no they're smokeful they're very smokeful (laughs) and uh oh man i was like my eyes were watered i didn't get the proper hit for sure and then i also wasn't really prepared to be like zonked out of my mind and then going back and doing construction you know what i mean because our boss would have been like put a a nail right through your our finger our boss wouldn't have been like pissed or fired me or kind of stuff but it would have been again one of those situations where you get your balls busted forever over it you know like they just fucking any little thing they'll just use against you you know and so he tried to hand it to me a second time i was like no i'm good i'm good and he was like this is like smoking weed with girls so i knew that was fucking covered right you're gonna lose no matter what i'm at but uh (laughs) the one thing was that he did, like he never said anything about it again. I think he like realized what had happened, and like I, I just, I just got him high for the first like, time ever. Like this kid has never <laughs> fucking even seen weed, has he? But like he didn't want to admit it. Like he just kind of realized it. He and added so, it all up later. Okay, he yeah. spilled it all over the place. He coughed his brains out. He, can't, he doesn't want a second hit. It's uh, uh, terrible, man. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. So that was my first experience, and of course, I like I, did, I felt no effects, and I was just so fucking nervous of like dude i can't be all zonked out when i go back to work and i didn't know what was that was like or whatever you know i didn't know what i'd be able to fucking see right or act right or i didn't know anything about it at all <laughs> i had never even been drunk before 
So does Lorian have a good first weed story that I should know about? Yeah, I was super nervous. I didn't get high either. Um, I was, I think I was getting a ride home from a coworker who was in college. I was in, oh shoot, I might have been in like eighth grade. It's kind of started off as a volunteer job at a thrift store. And so um, we were driving and he had a blunt and it was my birthday. So he was like, ah, blunt for your birthday. And I kind of postured. I've always been... People think I'm older than I am, so I don't think he knew <laughs> how little I was, and I had a crush on him, so I was super nervous, and I hit it once and, like, didn't know anything about what the hell a blunt was or whatever, other than, it, well, there's weed in there, and choked and choked and was, like, looking around his car for a water bottle, thinking water might help me, choked on the water, <laughs> just got so embarrassed, and, you know, I was just nervous. So then I was like, wow, I sat back, I'm like, I don't feel anything, though, this is okay. So I kept, uh, I kept hitting it, <laughs> even though I looked like a fool. Awesome. But, yeah. Yep. Here's some of this. Uh, All right, what oh, are We got the coffee. Is it coffee whiskey? Coffee whiskey. So huh. the amount coffee of... Coffee whiskey, All right. The amount of information I have on this is... Uh, it does smell like coffee. Coffee whiskey, which is written mm. on top of this mason jar. That's all I know about it. <laughs> Smells like candy. Cheers. 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 <laughs> Woo. Oh, yeah. Smooth. That is smooth. Pretty good, hmm. really. Like yeah. Tennessee whiskey. Yeah, that's pretty nice. That'll help the old throat. Yeah, uh, old boy had a different selection of, I don't know, I've fucking, this is another thing about having a podcast like this is, uh, yes. I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to say and not say sometimes, because <laughs> I do silly shit, you know? Uh, I'm, uh, but, uh, I have no idea what's going on either, and that's fine Old with boy me. had a, uh, a little bit of, uh, moonshine and other fun stuff, so. Yeah. I'm not gonna say who, but it was that one guy. That one guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, we travel around and we have a pretty good time. Uh, you know, I don't, uh, I'm not a huge drinker. I probably smoke more than I drink. Right on. Um, That's how I am too. But, uh, you know, there's plenty of fun to be had traveling. Totally. I, I like traveling. It's, it's not a bad time. That's how we are too, especially when it's on the road. You know, yeah. like, I despise flying. I, I don't like it either. I, I'd rather drive 24 hours than fly to Florida. You know, I'd rather. Same. Take a bus to Florida every to drive. time. Yeah. So here's the magic. Of the, here's the reason why because I don't ever have to drive myself. So that's oh when sure. You have to do the driving. You always want to drive because you get to take everything with you. Yep. Uh, and uh, you know, I like you know, I I'll sit in my bunk and play an Xbox for twenty hours and not that's mind, pretty cool. And uh, smoke one of those silly pens. Those pens, man, oh, they yeah. really change the whole game. Yeah, it's the game changer. Thank you, by the way, for the yeah. Um, I brought some gifts today. Yeah, a little pin. Can't come to the bowl there. without there bringing is. gifts. Yeah. yeah. Um, appreciate you. Well, I appreciate you. This <laughs> is value for value. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, the flying thing. I used to like flying when I was younger, and then flying changed a lot when the millennium changed, and we had the nine yeah. eleven silliness and all yep. that, and then. Uh, like, I don't know with the, with, the, with the body scanners. That was really where uh, that was really where it all changed. And I I always opted out of that shit and basically opt out what Get it looked like down. is yep. Like they pull a mead notebook out and they make a tally mark on there. 
of like, oh, another guy opted out. And then they like put you up against the wall and they reach around and grab your wiener and then you go on the plane. And I just fucking like, I don't really care. You know, maybe, it, maybe, it's you, just the, maybe you like that sort of thing. I mean, it just kind of depends, you know. Like, I don't know. We gotta be hanging Who's out. Who's doing first. the grabbing? We gotta right. be hanging out first, having a good time, you know. Like, you got some fucking idiot in a in a uniform. That's not my like. Uh, that's not how I get my rocks off. Yeah, yeah. Not into the uniform not. stuff. Not into the uniform stuff. Plus, they got uh, you know these blue gloves on takes all of them fucking. Does <laughs> take the magic out of yeah, it? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. There's no mystery involved. There's no. It's just not special at all, you know? I prefer my groping without the gloves. Yeah, yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah. I, can, uh, I can... I can pull these pants down to the ankles if you need. Like, just uh, double-check, make sure. I got no weapons in there. No, no, no. One time I tried carrying an asp onto a plane. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that didn't go over well. They took Like the from. steak? No, an asp, like a... Whoosh. Oh, okay. A baton? yeah. Totally by accident. I just had it in a bag on my carry-on, and I got a check mark for that. I had the, uh, this diamond knife sharpener. You know the little, uh, like a little kind of a whetstone? Oh, yeah, sort of thing? yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I had one of those in my carry-on bag. I've lost a couple other men's here they, and there. They freaked out on me. Yeah. I was, they were like, is the uh, is the item that goes with this in, in, in your luggage or on your person? I was like, no, I didn't even realize that was there. It was packed from, because, you know, I, I was in the scouts for a long time, so I'd travel around, and then, you know, in your luggage, you'd take some shit on a camp out, and then... Why wouldn't you? You know, it's <laughs> like, oh, I didn't empty this all the way out when I repacked it to go to Mexico. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, Oops. drive above all. I had more oil on me than Brittany Griner <laughs> <laughs> from here to Mass when I flew once. And uh, I didn't get caught, so that was cool. So like any, I had, I had a v- any smokable amount, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Would be more exactly. than Brittany It was head. just like the tip of my pinky. It wasn't very much. Ah, I got this one. Oh, right but on. they, um, I had a vaporizer too with batteries, mm-hmm. and they should have flagged that. <clears throat> it seems really weird, like what they grab and don't grab. Yeah. What they hit and don't hit. And sometimes you just get lucky. It was like those big Chinese lithium ion batteries. In the ball. Oh, yeah. Look at yeah. that. He's fogging up the bike. All right. So tell us about this deliciousness. So this one was uh, just a little less strong because that one's pretty strong. And if I do those ones, I get, I don't know if I'll be able to sing you a song. Oh, okay. <laughs> this one seems a little less. Uh, but that one, see, that one I normally do later at bedtime because it's an indica. I gotcha. So. I love indica. Yes. Well, you like that then. It's. And it's not flavored with anything funny. It tastes like flour. Yeah, the regular. Uh, oh man, some of those like. Yeah, I don't like perfumey. The bubble taste. gum yeah. fucking uh, pins and yeah, cotton candy what's up and with shit. That? Yeah, yeah. Weed know. tastes great as is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mess with it. Yeah. In the ball says ISO. ISO bot. <laughs> so tell me, uh, are you doing uh, any gatherings with any other? No agenda people today before the show. No, it, I never really, other- uh, I was, I was really looking to find a venue and do stuff like that. And then I just got caught up in a bunch of other stuff. How and many then, KC peeps do you have down here? You got some, uh, there's a good amount. Some numbers? Um, 
There's like 20 in the group. Yeah, I think there's like 20 ish in our our signal chat. And then. Tons um, of children. There's more than that in the in the area. And usually what we get our biggest turnout is like if I plan something like a month out and do it in a promo for it. And then, you know, it's a nice big gathering, especially if like the weather's great and. Sure. And we promise people that there will be barbecue there. But like that's usually like the biggest ones. I need to find uh, if there's a group chat like that for minnesota in my area you i'm just, sure there is there was just a you know of course most of the meetups happen on a weekend right I'm not uh, there so there's that but um yeah the group chat is nice because um i don't know throughout the winter like i i've put together most of the kc meetups that have happened and then throughout the winter you know we just had the new baby it's cold. It's hard to plan stuff. Right. I'm ar- I'm already bad at planning. It's like <laughs> you know, <laughs> you've experienced that. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm more of like, oh no, no, let's just figure it out. And so, uh, it really requires, in order to get a good turnout, it requires good planning. Like, there's definitely a huge correlation there. I can see that. Yeah. And um, and Spence isn't the guy. I'm just not. I don't know. <laughs> It's like I could be the guy, but I just need to pull my head out of my ass a little bit more. What was the fun in that? I don't. I, I've been. Uh, uh, yeah. I kind of like it deep, deep in there. Deep in there, right? <laughs> right in there That's with your guts and everything else. Yeah. No, I appreciate that very much. Uh, so, what do you think? You want to want to play a little something? I, you know, I brought a guitar. Um, we're gonna do some. Uh, you know, we're doing '80s stuff tonight, so. What we do, that's where that's where we live. Hell yeah. The hairball thing. Uh it's a great time. Brought this nice guitar. Ooh, listen to that.
Yes. Yeah. Killer. Hey. Killer, man. Hey, thank you. That was fantastic. I'm way more comfortable with a guitar in my hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Than not, but uh, uh, you're all good, dude. So yeah, that's uh, that's a little preview of what uh, we'll be doing tonight. Actually, it won't, it won't be acoustic. I'll have a whole band. But sure. I think we'll probably play that one. I think we're doing Bon Jovi tonight. Killer. Um, we do Kiss every night. That's normally our opener. Okay. It's, uh, you know, it takes the longest time to put on, so that's normally first. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, I got you. And, you know, it comes off a lot faster than it goes on. So, Well, that's a relief. Oh. <laughs> that makes the show possible, I suppose. Um, yeah, totally. Uh, uh, what else will we be doing tonight? Maybe some Priest. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Okay. This casino gig, we might, since there's no pyro, we might do Queen instead. Okay. But... One way or the other, I'll, I will be impersonating a gay guy tonight. All right. So. <laughs> yeah. Represent. There you go. <laughs> you got to get him represented. Yeah. Oh, that I, was, a, I have a silly question. Yes. Uh, do the wives come on the road with you? Uh, so, no, there's no room for extra people on the bus, really. Okay, yeah. But, uh, you know, they sometimes will come if we're... Maybe if there's a gig where we're like, for example, we have a uh, we're doing a Mexico gig in Cancun this Ooh. May, in May, uh, and it's a fly gig. We'll fly in, and that's the one where we'll you know some people are bringing their wives, significant others. Uh, yeah, and that's nice. Um, so there are occasions where they might come on a to a thing, you know, but mm. nah, not on a, not as not traveling though. There's just no. Place yeah. for everybody makes sense. Um, we are we're not really we're not really rock stars. We're kind of we're just impersonating rock sure. stars. Sure. So, see now if I were actually one of the people I was impersonating, I'd have my own bus. Yeah. And I could bring all the people on that I wanted. Yeah. But uh, we'd be cutting lines up right now. Yep. Yeah. Hookers <laughs> <laughs> and blow. Yeah. Oh totally. man. Uh, so yeah, it's a uh, yeah it's. We're we're lucky because we're we're really off of the, you know, we're off of the grid or we're we're, on, we're an island. So I, I think about it all the time. People talk to me like, "Why aren't you pushing your own music?" Or you know, re- and I do record. I record lots of stuff. I just was doing some stuff in Nashville not too long ago. Uh, for myself, I I've come to the realization that I don't really want to be part of the machine. Yeah. Like yeah. if I were to be super successful and have. I'm also old, <laughs> so <there's> that. <laughs> but to be super successful in the entertainment business, music included, I mean, I would have to play this game, and yeah. I don't want to be the Foo Fighters. Yeah. I don't want to be Taylor Swift. I don't want to be anybody who has to sell out to Ticketmaster and Live Nation mm-hmm. to make a living, which is what you would have to do. I'm really lucky to be in Hairball, where we're not a part of any of that shit. Like yeah, we, that's very. We are killer. on our own island. There's no nobody's telling us we have to do this or that. We have a totally mixed bag of people on our bus from one spectrum to the other. We all get along just fine. Mm-hmm. There's no conflict. Uh, you know what I mean? Like yeah. And, and there's nothing. There's no above high. You know, sure, corporate authority looking down upon us. That's so beautiful. Which is really a gift. I didn't realize it's, how big of a gift it is until 2020. It's rare in the so, in the music industry, especially yeah, to be able to make a, le- a living the higher, at this level. The, the pay scale yeah, goes exactly. Know? Yeah, so to anything that's like can actually put food on your table, right? Which is another thing I'm fortunate 
of you know I, I had to hustle a lot to play solo gigs, play band gigs, yep. you know, stitch it all together to make a living before I was in this band. Now I just let somebody else do all those logistics. That's so killer. Show, nice. show up at my location point. You take me to the show. I do my job. Yeah. You take me home. It's like, hey, this is this is uh, okay. That's solid. Um, you know, not that if I were maybe twenty years younger, maybe I would have a little bit more of an inc- inclination to want to chase the dream, sure. so to speak. But is that? I don't know if it's the dream anymore. Yeah, no. I don't yeah. think so. I mean, you have to. You have to parlay that into something else anyway. Like you're not going to make any money selling music. You're going to have to play shows. You're going right. to have to either you know start making handbags or sneakers or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what it is. But you supplemental. Have to, uh, you have to turn your celebrity status into money, not through another, you know, mm-hmm. way than music. So this leads into something that I've uh, kind of wanted to ask you about or bring up, and that's the whole decentralized music and um, podcasting 2.0 apply, yeah, even, applied I've, to music that we've I've been, been playing with. You, I've been listening to your take on that, and I find it interesting. I mean, it's certainly a, an interesting avenue. So I wanted to pick your brain about this because um, we, we're, like, super in the early stages of it. Really, in my opinion, it hasn't even, like, the flag has been planted in that it's been done, and there are, like... Uh, um, proof of works now out there, including the one that Abel Kirby and I put out. Um, so it like all works and it's technically churning and working and like now you can boost albums and stuff, but we, we haven't really started in a meaningful sense in that there are still lacks any kind of, uh, uh, serious app that, uh, you can listen to this music in, um, and a lot of the pieces of the puzzle are gone, but the basics of the concept are value for value music, where um, much like a podcast, basically in a technical sense, it's exactly the same as putting out a podcast. You've got MP3 files on an RSS feed, and then you've got all RSS is is a, a file that holds data. And so, did you it use just, the chapters then for songs, or so what we did in our album is we published the album as the feed itself. Yeah. And then every item, which is an episode of a podcast, every item was a track. Was a song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so with the new namespace, for value splits, you can do per episode episodic splits. So like for this one, for instance, uh, we set Chris Fox up on a Albie wallet, and so he gets a third of all of the boosts that come in. And we can do that track by track on an album. So what we did was we had different artists submit uh, album art for each song, unique to each song, and then those that have a node or had uh, at the time you had to just have a node. Now there's a few extra ways you can do it um, without needing a node, like Albi. But basically, anybody who had the means to receive Sats, we gave them ten percent on the track itself. So anytime that track's boosted, the artist gets ten percent, and then the rest is split between Abel and I. Cool. But this is like. Uh, this what this enables you to do is kind of cut out royalties without having to talk to lawyers and negotiators and record labels and all these other people. You can just come together as the the artists themselves. So for us, it was just uh, Abel Kirby and I were the artists, and then our album artists, literally. But we could have had a 
a soloist on one track we could have had you know guest vocals or something we could add all these different things and you just split them out accordingly or it's interesting the the feed level also has a overarching split so like if somebody came in to produce the record they could have said hey i'll produce it for 15 percent split right and we just kind of envisioned this new economy where just like you're saying you don't have to suck up to Ticketmaster for touring or you don't have to suck up to um you know bmi and ascap and and all of the you know music mafia right and then be at their mercy too like I think the current paradigm is that if you're an artist who's extremely successful and and the key is radio play, if you're getting pumped into all the radio stations and all the Walmarts and Targets and everywhere like during the day, all day, then you're the one that's getting a cut and the big piece of the pie is just off somewhere else and you get a slice of that pie. Sure. And the uh, the other arrangement, this uh, this new economy we envision is where just the stakeholders are at the table and they decide and no one else gets you a get say rid of it. all the middle men and all the leeches exactly. and all the all, all the lawyers <laughs> get rid of all the lawyers yeah yeah we don't need any lawyers yeah. we didn't have a single lawyer even yeah. uh even give us friendly advice on a phone call yeah. for all of for for putting our album out and we beat what we would have done on spotify sure yeah, so that's... i don't know like what what uh I think it sounds cool. It's just getting more people to adapt to this podcasting 2.0. Yeah, definitely. I think that you know, I, uh, the tools still need to be put in place, you know? Yeah. And I, I need to explore it more, too. I mean, I've I've been using a, a 2.0 app for some stuff, um, but I, I think I need a different app than the one I'm using, personally. It's just it's not, It doesn't have enough features. Sure. For me... I always tell people whether they're just getting whether you're a fountain guy. Don't you like fountain? I like fountain. I have a fountain hat on right now. Um, I like Podverse. Podverse is really nice. I like Curiocaster. Those are the three I would use the most often. I'd say right. Um, and w- whether it's people getting into podcasting 2.0 or people just strictly getting into like Bitcoin and sending Bitcoin back and forth, I always recommend using multiple apps, using multiple wallets, using more than one thing. Like I don't go out there and just say like a lot of the guys in the KC Bitcoiners meetup, they'll just say, okay, download blue wallet and start here, you know? And then they're always sending people to blue. And there's a lot of things I just don't like about blue. Um, but with every wallet or with every podcasting 2.0 app, with every podcasting 2.0 app, there are a lot of things that I don't like about all of them. They all have their faults and their major like gaps between where a perfect for me app would be and where they're at right now. Like the fountain hat. I wear the fountain hat everywhere I go. I wear it all the time. But fountain doesn't support live item, which uh, has been like a pain in the ass for me for a while just because of how that works. Like right now, if somebody boosted us during the live show from fountain, you won't get your split because they don't support live items. So like they don't even know you have a split yet. Once I publish the episode later, then if somebody goes back and listens to it, then that will work in Fountain. But there's just little things like that. And Fountain's a great app. Fountain's probably the easiest to, like, get a total newbie on board. The whole, like, uh, the most common complaint I've heard over the past, like, maybe year or two that we've been doing this, I guess two years that we've been doing this, is, well, my mom couldn't use it, right? Well, Fountain is probably the app your mom could use. 
now. Now that they've added, you can buy Bitcoin with your credit card right in there. Like now it's finally to where, yeah, your mom could probably figure this out. But there's still these gaps. And so like every app has this, this gap. So that's why I recommend everybody like try several different ones. And that's what's beautiful about the ecosystem is it's being built in this sort of non-competitive way where it's not Fountain versus Curiocaster versus Podverse versus everybody else. It's like all of us versus the machine, you know? Right. And so it's a very collaborative thing. These pins, by the way, that you're hearing are, are boosts coming in in real time. And I should go back. Um, by the way, I did kind of uh, do a fountain workaround. So what I'm going to do with the fountain boosts at the end is I total them up and then I just re-put them through fountain after it's published and then the splits go where they're supposed to go. Um, I find it all fascinating. I mean, I, I'm here just for the experience and I, I find, uh, I mean, that's a bonus and it's very cool. I, you know, I, I talked to you a little bit about that before I came in, just that I, you know, uh, was looking for maybe someone to ramp me onto a, some sort of Bitcoin setup. So this was a, a great experience for that too for me. Totally. And so perhaps I will use this as a you know a launching pad to explore more. That would be so cool. Yeah. Um. So do uh those those little tiny sats that I was just doing test boost with? Is yes. that the first Bitcoin you've ever? Yes, it is. It is. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Virgin. Pop. I love that concept because now we've had several guests on the show where that's the case. And so this is like I discovered early on in this journey of podcasting 2.0 that I am not the street corner preacher guy. I'm not the evangelist. It's just not my role. Take it or leave it. I think that there are plenty of people. So, like, I don't think that's a waste of time. And I don't think I've been clear about that enough in the past. I don't think evangelizing is a waste of time or that, like, everybody who does it is an idiot. Because, like, that's a role for a lot of people out there. And we definitely need evangelization uh, just in order to bring awareness and get people talking about it. And, you know, that's real energy and excitement in that. Like, people are like, hey, this changed my life. And I love it. And it'll change your life and you'll love it too. Like I love you. So you should try this also because I think it can secure your future. That's just not like where I'm supposed to be or what I'm called to do. And I like tried it for a couple of weeks and it like felt so fucking wrong, you know? Yeah. Cause then, um, I'm not really great at, uh, I'm not a salesman either. Just yeah. for the record, I can't sell anything. I, like, I yeah, can, you want it or not. I don't care. I, <laughs> I can like sell or lead by example and that's about it. I can just be like, here's what I'm doing. And like, if that interests you, then I can tell you exactly what I do and how I do it. And like, if you have questions, I'm happy to answer questions. But if people say to me things like, I don't trust it. I think it's fake. I think it's, you know, like I'm scared of this. I'm scared of that. What if it goes to zero? What if the government takes it over? All that kind of stuff. Like I am comfortable with why all of that is not really a valid concern or fear. But for me to convince other people why that's not a valid or concern or fear, like, I've just got to say, like, you got to look out there and, and f figure that out. Like, that question's been asked and answered a hundred times, but not, but like, at the end of the day, I'm linking to other people's arguments for that. I'm not really like coming up with my own or like doing a bunch of convincing, right? Like, right. I have so much other stuff to do that I just can't really do that well. Yeah. It can't be, it's not for everyone. And yeah, and people are going to figure that out on their own time, you know, and with their own 
research. Like I, f- I just felt like I got to this point where there's nothing I can say that's going to calm your fears. You've got to go and figure out what you're afraid of and, and, and if it's valid or like where that's at. You got to do your own research. That's what we're always saying. I certainly haven't done enough research, but from my point of view right now, I see it less of as an investment and more so as an alternative payment method. Exactly. It's a uh, it's a means of exchanging value. And right. And and I think that's enough people don't see that. I think mm-hmm. more people want to look at it as an investment. I don't. I don't yeah. necessarily think that that's its sole purpose i agree i don't even think it's main purpose i don't think it was matter. ever even intended really to be an investment it was uh peer-to-peer electronic cash that's what I mean, the in theory, white, it white should always be, be increasing in value theoretically right uh which is a bonus i suppose sure well uh, but it's certainly it's uh, there's been some manipulation i think yeah and and uh that's that's the thing with uh people with just way too much money and power they'll they'll be able to put their thumb on any kind of scale, no matter where it pops up, you know? And so we've seen a lot of that. I think we saw like a, a fake early inflation of uh price point with FTX and other big players that, uh, you know, got too close to the sun and burned up. And so now that they're out, there's this vacuum. And um, I am also not a financial expert. I never have been. I've never been a stocks and bonds guy. I've never been anything terrible else. terrible at it. Yeah. My track record will prove that <laughs> quite nicely. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, I watched uh, the only thing I wish I was like, I wish I had uh, skin in the game at was I saw Steve Jobs' original keynote on the iPhone when he unveiled it. Uh, like I watched that when it happened. And I told my dad, buy the fuck out of Apple stock. Was that like what, now. 2007? Uh, that sounds 2008? right. 2008? Yeah, I think seven. I think that's seven. Um, Game changer for sure. Yeah, and uh, it just, I told him, I told my dad, because he's never been that kind of guy either. I was like, I don't know anything about anything, but I do know, like, just buy the shit out of Apple stock right now today. And I wish I would have had money back then, because I was so lit about it, and I just saw, like, yeah. you know, I saw where that was going. That was like a fucking incredible. Uh, Apple, Kino. Bitcoin, boy, the list just goes on and on. <laughs> you would it's have all known the, all the tech stuff. I know the the first time I heard about Bitcoin, it was from my uh my my nutso roommate in college, and uh, I just he was nuts, and everything else he said was just so off the wall, you know, that I was like, all right, Bitcoin. Like I heard of it, I was aware of it, but it wasn't really anything that like I was rushing off to go and get into. And uh, it's probably a good thing too, because who knows, you know? Right. Um, I, if if I would have been in during then, I would have been one of the guys that, uh, oh, had uh, eighty Bitcoin and spent it all on something, you know, a when pizza. it was worth five hundred dollars. You bought a pizza. Yeah. <laughs> ah, true story for somebody. Yeah. Out there. It's all relative, you know. It's like. Uh, now, in today's terms, it's easy to say, oh, this guy spent millions and millions of dollars on a pizza. But, like, really, at the time, he spent 40 bucks on a pizza, which was above what the pizza was worth because he wanted to use Bitcoin. And he knew that, like, he would have to up the dollar amount to make it, you know, worthwhile for somebody else to actually accept it. So, you know, the guy did not spend hundreds of millions of dollars on a pizza. That's right. <laughs> uh, did he have? Yeah. 
And I'm also safely confident that that wasn't all of his Bitcoin either. <laughs> Let's hope not. Nah. Uh, definitely not. But yeah, man, I think that uh, part of this challenge and journey is to get tools to help bridge the gap that exists between where the technology is at and where artists are at. And like, it's a valid point of criticism that um, this isn't very accessible. And that's been kind of my hardest struggle talking to artists throughout the past couple of years is they're like, all right, like I'm ready. I want to put my album out. How do I do it? And then I automatically start talking about RSS feeds and podcasting and shit that they're like, what the fuck are you even like, okay, what, what? Right. That doesn't make sense right out of the, yeah, it just sounds like, uh, I I bet I sound like a fucking scammer. And how many people know know about 2.0 podcasting? Uh, Very few. Yeah. It's very niche. Yeah. A lot of these things are niche. I mean, Bitcoin itself, mainstream has heard about Bitcoin. If you say Bitcoin, everybody knows what you're talking about. But then, do they know from personal experience having sent it or received it? Do they have any? That becomes niche immediately. And then um, further than that, like, do they own own Bitcoin in the sense that they have a private key or do they kind of quasi own Bitcoin through somebody else's holding it for them and they bought it on an exchange or whatever? Like a, and they a cash app or something. They yeah. buy it and sell it every day and they don't really, you know. Sure. They're just making fiat transactions for somebody else's Bitcoin. So how how does that work if you were to buy a Bitcoin through some sort of pay service like a Cash App? Through Cash App, um, my understanding is... I haven't bought directly through Cash App, but my understanding is that you can buy it in Cash App with however else you pay for shit in Cash App, so like your Cash App balance or cards that you have hooked up to it, and then you can send it out of there to a wallet that you totally control. Okay. Um so that's one way to, of, of getting it. Now, I don't know the fee structure or anything like that. Usually if I buy Bitcoin, I'm either buying it from Strike or I just buy it from people at the at the meetups. And that's kind of my preferred way. It's like having a guy, you know? A that, guy. That's just so much more comfortable for me. Yeah. Like if you've got like your guy. A, and I like, like a guy hey, too. Yeah, I need more of that shit. And he like shows up and he's got the shit and you've got the money and then boom, you do it. And then he goes away. Nice. That's that's like it's just so comfortable for me. It's like second nature. I understand that, you know. Yes. I don't have to like tell him what my fucking credit card number is or my social security or take a picture of my butthole and upload it or anything like that. Unless you want to. Unless you want to, right. Only for the special guys. Well, or know, gals. You never know. <laughs> I'll make exceptions. Sometimes it can be a gal. Here to chuckle over there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you, you got another uh, lick you want to lay down? Uh, I could probably try to play one more song before I'm too hammered. Okay. Uh, I'll back up that statement by uh, getting shots ready. How about that? All right. Uh, yeah, I was going maybe maybe I could play this Prince song if I can remember all the words. The this words. one we won't be playing tonight. Uh, oh, there you go, exclusive.
Yeah, yeah, man. It's all the songs I got. All right. <laughs> oh man, no, that's awesome. This is an energy that we've not like had ever in the bowl. There's like some live tunes. Some live tunes. You know? After three or four drinks, they're all good. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Three or four. But let's make it four or four. All right, four or five. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. A little Basil Hayden's action. I'm gonna need a nap oh, before you. the show. <laughs> nap. Cheers. 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 Here we go. Smooth. So we do Prince once in a while for uh, Hairball, but not that song. Um, and it's a pretty rare, pretty rare occasion when Prince makes an appearance, but sometimes. Nice. Every once in a while. He's like very 80s, but not very hair metal. It's not hair metal, but still, <laughs> believe me, the people that are there will still oh, connect to it 100%. immediately. That makes uh, sense. It makes nothing but sense. I did mention earlier the the pens hitting, and I kind of wanted to read some boosts, and then I, all right. I got totally sidetracked on my own bullshit, which is, I don't know, I guess my style or whatever. Yeah, you? So uh, we did have a... Bowl boost from Trail Chicken, but that was for episode uh, 219. He was boosting. So she. I'm going to start with. That's a dame. I'm sorry. Trail Chicken is a she. Is a dame. I follow her. Yes. I know it's in the social. 
Dame Trail Chicken. Thank you. Um, awesome. But uh, 35,000 sats from Dank Steady. That is Woo. through Fountain. Hey, and, Dank Steady. I know Dank Steady. Dank we, Steady. We met up. Uh, God, was it, was, what, uh, was it uh, Lacrosse or Eau Claire? God, we did a meetup in Wisconsin. He's from Wisconsin. Yep. Uh, and we've hung out a few times. And In fact, that's his note. Uh, Dan, ITM is, from, Dan is awesome. From Sir Dank Steady of Dottie Island, Wisconsin. Yes. Hello. I think it's Dottie. It might be Dottie. So there's only one T. And I'm not a local up there, you know? Yeah. We spent a little time on the river. Um, tight. Very tight. Very tight. Uh, boost CLI is what Harvat was using to uh, boost 10101 sats. 10,101. Binary. So, yeah. He gives us the uh, kind of an intro boost. Whenever we say we're going live, uh, we send that pod ping out. He usually comes in. Boost CLI is like for the uber nerds uh both of computing and of like sovereignty slash freedom so that's a uh an app that c dubs wrote for you to run on your own node so if you're running your own bitcoin lightning node which like we have uh that's what that is over there on top of the on top of the bookshelf nice it's like a hard drive plugged into a raspberry pi and it basically is receiving all this shit right now and um you can put this app on that and send and receive directly from your node itself to anybody's RSS feed. And so it just cuts out all the middlemen, even the apps. So it's not something you can play podcasts in. It's just strictly for boosting right from your node. It, it just does the money stuff, which is uh, incredible. Uh, 4269 came in from Cotton Gin, who is uh, boosting out of Curie, or excuse me, from Podverse uh, in this case. And he's also been. Uh, experimenting with his new bot here in the chat, the ISO bot, which is really incredible. The way it works is it has a like 30 second continuous running uh, stream. It has two of them side by side. And when you type in uh, an ISO uh, message, it actually parses out the live stream and tries to find out what you said and clip it out in a little MP3 file and then upload it. Yeah, so, within um, the past minute, right? Or two 30-second loops, he said? Two 30-second loops, yeah. And so uh, I think they're unstaggered, but like I think that the, the ISO you're looking for needs to be within that past 30 seconds. Basically because when the bot is parsing one, it starts recording on the other one. That's why you need two, because you always need to be bringing in the new audio as it comes in. From my understanding, I haven't looked at it or anything. But uh, that's kind of what I get. But anyway, Cotton Gin, thank you for the boost. It's very cool. It's kicking Regardless. ass. It's yep. kicking ass, yeah. It's got uh, kind of a certain percentage of hit rate, but, you know, uh, like Mr. Curry always says, it's amazing this shit works at all, ever. And uh, I really love it. I really love seeing him experiment with that stuff. It's it's kind of mind-blowing. The next boost that came in is... Uh, Sixty nine, sixty nine from Pfeiffer at a CurioCaster. Sixty nine, sixty nine, dude. Uh, no note there, but then he boosted again four minutes back. So that's the first pins we heard. Uh, Eighteen twenty one, uh, coming in from Pfeiffer, and he said, and that's also from CurioCaster. He said, "See you in Springfield in April, Sir Chris." Oh, that's awesome. The 1821 Missouri Smash. Nice, yeah. I, we did a little uh, back and forth on NES about that. As nice. Well. 
Yeah, so he'll be coming uh, to an upcoming show. And then we have uh, Five Sticks, Big Sat- Satchel Richards from Harvat uh, coming in on Boost CLI. Uh, so appreciate all those live boosters. And um, I'll make sure that uh, Chris Fox gets the split from the fountain stuff. Outstanding. I've, I've now, I've now I'm so out. excited. I'm, I'm now, I'm now, uh, I'm now in the game. Yeah, you're, you're no longer a no-coiner. Yeah, I'm going to start uh, doing some digging. It always starts somewhere, you know? That's what I found. It always starts somewhere. And uh, it takes a number of iterations. That's also kind of why I got out of the Street Preacher game. is because it's like, it's never just one thing. What you could do is you could get somebody in and just give them Bitcoin. Uh, We have, like, one of our most fervent evangelists in the KC Bitcoiners group uh, is always just trying to, like onboard people against their will and shit. And I'm like, you're going to invent the reverse robbery eventually. Like, put a gun in somebody's face and be like, put my money in your bag now! Right. <laughs> like, uh, but it's still, it takes more than just one, th- like, it takes more than just getting Bitcoin and using it. Um, it's, 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 it's just like this process or evolution you go through. Well, there has to be a, I, I would imagine there has to be a thing in your in your brain that clicks. Exactly. Uh, you know, you can... It's what's it, that expression? You can lead a horse to water. Is that it? Exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's the same thing. It right? it has to not fully, of course, because I don't think you get in trouble when you get into purism and you're like all purist of like, oh, this is one hundred percent everything, and everything else is zero percent nothing. But it has to at least for a majority portion both make sense and matter. And until it makes sense and matters on some level, then it's just going to, you know, it's going to be one of those things where you're like, "Uh, yeah, it seems all right. Like, uh, there's people I respect who are in there, but I just don't like, you know, I just don't get it, which is totally fine. Like, I don't think anybody fully gets it still. When it was, uh, when it was skyrocketing to 65, 70K, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a lot of people were getting excited again, seeing it as an investment. Exactly. Yep. And I... Of course, you can see that uh, that appeal. I think after everything that, that's been said and done, seeing people debanked, I think the value in this is really as a as a currency, not as an investment. I I see it as something that can really push back, you know, on the central banking system, and that's totally the value more so than I, I would rather have it for that than to try and get rich. I don't see it as a get rich thing. I, I agree. I'd rather buy silver or gold or something like Sure. You know what I mean? Like if you're gonna try Yeah, to, you know, storing your wealth over time, like uh Yeah, I don't real estate's always been even, really good at that. Even uh, though it could still end up being that, I see it as a decentralized uh currency, which is the magic. Yeah. Basically And that's why that's why our government hates it. Allowing yeah. you to get value here and whatever. Like you could uh, start with lira. You could start with uh, a big bag of weed. You could start with a lot of different whatever the fucking value is. It doesn't matter. You get it in one form, turn it into Bitcoin, and then once it becomes Bitcoin, you can then send it anywhere to anybody who can receive Bitcoin, and it doesn't matter. No one can. Between. No one can stop you. Nobody in between. No one gets to say, "Oh, how much is that?" Oh, That's okay. So well, that it's, it's not really anonymous. It's just that. No one can stop you exactly. from buying what you want to buy. Exactly. It's unstoppable transfer of value at that point. Right. So that, That's the I, magic. I agree. That's like the main 
the main thing it brings to the table. And I would and, have never thought this three. I, I didn't give any of this thing. None of this stuff I, I gave two shits about or one second of thought about three years ago. Right. And today, here I am thinking, oh, my God. The, the, whole, the whole pandemic rollout, right? It is, it is a big eye-opener. I mean, it was a big one for me. I know there's other people like me out there that went through a big change. Sure. For 2020. And it was a, you know. So I wanted to ask you, too, because um, uh, Boober always cites this as kind of one of the the first catalytic events or, um, and, and kind of where his perspective changed and his, and his uh, almonds were activated, let's say. Right. But uh, the whole George Floyd thing, being from uh, Twin Cities, that kind of came in right before the whole COVID thing, but pretty close. It was it was during. I mean, that was May 2020. Okay, so it was still during like all lockdowns and stuff. Yeah. See, that, and that's another thing. I like get my timeline spread out. Yeah, that was early May 2020. And you think that that had a piece of the puzzle in there? Like, how did that? Uh, a piece of the puzzle for me personally. Yeah. Well, it was it was just one piece of the overall puzzle, you know, which was COVID at the time. Uh, it certainly seemed like an op. Sure. Um, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I, I've kind of felt the same way everybody else did. Like, sure, this, just like uh, it, it looks really bad on the surface, and then after you kind of dig, do a little digging, and you find out about the drugs, and mm-hmm. uh, this guy OD'd. Yeah, you know? it sounds mm-hmm. like he OD'd. Yeah, um, and nobody helped him. Right. While he was ODing, but I, you know, it's yeah, it was a mess. Yeah, uh, and there's a lot. There's certainly Minneapolis certainly has a. Uh, I don't, I don't go to Minneapolis anymore. Oh yeah, I used to really enjoy. I I would be a I was a downtown person. Twelve years ago, I spent a lot of time downtown. Mm. Uh, eventually, I just kind of it's just it's kind of dried up downtown a little bit. It's not what it used to be. I, it, you can still go downtown and have a good time, but it's certainly not. It's not. It's not happy. Yeah, it doesn't feel happy down there anymore. That's unfortunate. Uh, or safe, really. So yeah, I, it's still a great city. I mean, Minneapolis, St. Paul has a lot to offer, but uh, it's just like any other major metropolis. There's a lot of decay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've seen that all over. Luckily, uh, for the most part, that seems to be concentrated sort of in the Westport area here. Yeah, um, kind of like the I don't know the the gun violence and different like weird things that. Come I, along with all. I can of that. give you one more Kansas City story. When I okay, my first uh, touring band I played with, we were playing early '90s, and we played Westport at the Lone Star. Do you remember the Lone Star in Kansas in the Westport? I had never been there, but your I've time, heard reference probably. to it for sure. Uh, so that was um, my first uh, experience here in Kansas City, probably '91. I met a guy uh, named Johnny Dare from Z Rock. Yeah, he did the uh, Z Rock Kansas City thing. He's the morning show now on ninety eight nine. Ninety eight nine. So Rock, yeah, yeah. So um, he was also he would he would work at at the Lone Star. Okay, show up. Do he would spin stuff on occasion. Sure, like just do like MC. So stuff. we would hang out. We went to a uh, Allison Chains. Uh, Van Halen concert. It was the OU812 OU812 tour. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Allison Chains opened up. I met Lane Staley 
ended nice. up on the Allison Chains bus after the show with this DJ guy who interviewed Lane earlier, you know, in the day. Yeah, Johnny got, Dare, got Johnny Dare, morning show. Johnny Dare, yeah. <laughs> and Eddie Van Halen came on the Allison Chains bus. Oh fuck! Looking for the bottle of Jack because he wasn't allowed to drink. Oh no! <laughs> so he come on the AC AIC bus and just burp, 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 do a couple big pulls and then he. Waldo right out the sneak in, sneak out. Yeah. Oh man, that's so that crazy. was my. Uh, I was probably twenty two at the time. Whoa. And Eddie, I was sitting at the on the tour bus at the little table in the lounge. And Eddie just sat down right in front of me and grabbed that bottle and just. Get, get, get. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, good times. It was a. Uh, it was a. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Mm. Yeah. KC, 90, 91, 92. That's a beautiful story because uh, Kansas City actually is a rich history and tradition of being like the place where you go lay low and drink when you're not allowed to <laughs> it's yeah. like prohibition era here was like uh kind of look the other way and yeah. uh, we talked about that during the whole covid mask lockdown mandate whatever fucking happened um a similar situation arose where like all of the signs are up all of the things are in place but then just no one says shit to you no matter what and there was a couple exceptions to that rule, but for the most part, even at the peak of the lockdowns, like there was a sign on the door that said you had to re- wear a mask. And then you walked in there and there was a sign everywhere else that said you had to wear a mask. But then people would just be like, hey, how are you doing today, sir? Here's your thing. And then, you know, like Whatever. just go about your business, right? This is our, uh, our protection from somebody walking yeah. in. And, oh, you're not exactly. The rules. And so that's kind of uh, a Kansas City thing, too, of uh, during Prohibition, it was like, you know, uh, Tom Pendergast kind of had to it on lock, and the, and, the, and the liquor was flowing in Kansas City. And so, like, when the Chicago mob things got too hot, spend a couple weeks here and just like stay out of trouble and kind of fucking let people. To your Midwest crime home away from home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's that's how it, that's how it was, man. That's that's what I love about Kansas City. It's kind of like, uh, oh yeah, the rules are uh, right there on the wall if you wish to read them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what can I get you? <laughs> you wish to read them. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, Speaking of the devil, Booberry came in with a boost. Oh, the boost Rooney. Oh, dang. How did I not hear that? Love, 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 he says. Uh, hearing love. Love. Love, 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 hearing live music in the bowl. I want to come sing a song. This has been a great episode. And he's boosting 33,369 sats uh, out of Podverse. Thank Thanks, you. boobs. Thank you, boobs. The boss. Love you, man. Yeah, this has been so much fun. Like, uh, I was definitely uh, just beside myself over the past week, and specifically last night, of just like setting everything up and being like, "Oh my god, how's this gonna sound? Is it gonna work out? Where's it gonna sit?" Like, yeah, all this shit, you know. But, yeah, I kind of, uh, I didn't really think about the, you know, how much. Uh, work it goes into having someone here as opposed to just linking in yeah you send a link and it's like okay well the sound is your problem now man like do you have a microphone to talk into i hope so yeah it's all on you Mm -hmm. and then it's like you know if if it doesn't work out that's your piece of shit microphone over there that you're like calling me on and now like if you're here now it's up to me it's like oh you only have two inputs and there are three people Uh, where's my assistant won't you figure it out yeah, I don't have a Jamie I could say, hey, fucking plug that in, pull this up. <laughs> it's like all on me, you know? Uh, but uh, well, we're going we're gonna to have some fun tonight. I can't wait to have you guys out to the show. We'll probably Hell take yeah. some pictures. We got a 
We gotta post some pictures and costumes with the kids. Yeah. Oh, totally. You gotta get all your kids backstage. Yeah. Take right. some photos. Okay. So that's what the passes are for that I'm gonna give you before I leave. Okay, sick. Which should get you backstage. If it doesn't, we'll we'll make arrangements to make it okay. work. But and see we, yeah. we gotta get a we gotta get a whole wolf pack photo. C turned four yesterday too. Yeah, um she's gonna love it. So she'll be uh she'll be out there just uh Killing it. Um, I, you, you asked at the very beginning uh, if I had a KC meetup plan, and I did remember, and shout out to our good friend Rev Cybertrucker. He has, uh, I think, uh, table reser- reserved at 6 at the restaurant in there. So the Rev is in the house today? Yeah, the Rev is going to be yeah, there tonight, Rev. too. All right. Well, I listen to him all the time on your show. and Hi, Rev yeah. Cybertrucker. Reverend Cybertrucker, man. Wait, wait. I can't do the Roadrunner thing. <laughs> he does the weird tongue thing. Uh, oh, man. Let's check the voicemails real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What What am I thinking? We have, I saw at least a couple in there. Uh, and bowlers can always call 816-607-3663. Uh, if I can remember my yeah, name. Yeah, it's 816-607-3663. Yeah, what am I thinking? Oh, I love it. The, oh, sweet boy. It cracked me up because you asked me if that was me before we started. And I was like, no, that's their seat sitter, man. That's their seat well, sitter. Well, as I said, that between that one and your cocaine shit stain one, oh, they, yeah. they sound like the same person. Like, they could be the same <laughs> guy. I've been ke- accused of being their seat sitter. I've been accused of being boobery. I've been accused of being everyone. I just, I don't know. That's, I, I guess that's the Gemini in me. I just like... All right, I'm five drinks I can, in. I can mirror and... Uh, oh, five drinks in. Well, that's perfect time to uh, play this vocal mail. <coughs> oh, my God. Color, are you all right? Man. Um, did you hit it? Ball. Or did it hit you? That's the extent I know oh, of uh, Greg got, Box. He's got a hairball. You know, I just saw the little toot and clicked on his profile and scrolled a few and... That's extent. I've heard the name. Hairball. In the in the in the social socials, but uh yeah. You guys got a theme going We're going from Vox to Chris Vox. Yeah, that's Chris right. McKay. What are the chances? Um, that's cool. It's the universe talking to somebody us. Somebody who's uh, Carl with a K. German, I guess. I don't know if uh Chris with a K is a German thing. Is it a German thing? But uh yeah. Uh Carl, I listen to his song. What is the, uh, let's say the biggest venue you've played, and uh, what's black? What's your what's your favorite? Ragbri, I think we played fourteen thousand people for, which is probably a, that's a pretty wow crazy number of people. Nice. It was what? What was Ragbri? That's okay. A, that's a that bicycle fest in. Oh, gotcha. Iowa, and we're doing that again this next uh, this this year, twenty twenty three. We're going to do it again. Nice. nice. People, people bicycle across the state, and there's it's for a week, and they there's multiple stops, and then the camp, and they just okay. party like crazy. That's tight. Did you sing the bicycle song? Do I sing a bicycle song? Bicycle, I could. bicycle. 
We, we sometimes we do. Ooh. That would be good, wouldn't it? We, I probably <laughs> it would be on theme. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And fat bottom girls, if you will. We do that one all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Get the, uh, we might be doing that tonight. I think we'll probably play Queen tonight. I think you're gonna get to tight. Queen. That'd be cool. I love yeah. that because I always think of you as the Freddy guy because your profile. We'll picture. do it. We'll do it. Woo. It's um, done. Settled. Fuck yeah! There we go. We're 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 making decisions, scheduling the show as we talk. <laughs> I pause that because I want to get these questions answered. Okay. Instead of stacking them up, you know, because you, you play a whole uh, voicemail and then like questions stack. The up. audience is gonna probably have a factor there, but uh, which you know, what's what's some favorites? You know, maybe it was a location, um, but then you know the audience too, or something like that. And then I don't even. Okay. So Your favorite like venue location. All the venues are, are pretty cool. I mean, uh, it's all we have a hometown show coming up at the Myth in, in Minnesota in March, which is always a big shin, shindig. A lot of friends and people there that we we know, and we'll we, you know that's a fun one. Uh, but really, I mean, they're they're all fun. I, people really connect with the band. It's it's a it's a good gig. Um, I I love that whole aspect of like you're already familiar with it because sometimes yeah. it's tough to it's like anything else it's like fucking the bitcoin and the music stuff we're talking about like in order to get into a new band you have to listen to things you haven't listened to before right. i find this you don't know what you like you like what you know you like what you everybody know everybody knows this already that's what hurts with my fucking like sometimes with my dad when i'm playing some music and i'm like oh he would like this stuff because it's like what he likes and right. then like I'll play it for him and just like, we won't say anything. We'll be like working or something. And he'll just be like, yeah, I like that playlist you had yesterday a lot better, which was like all the shit that he already knows, like the fucking Beatles right. and Led Zeppelin and all that stuff. And it's like, it's true. Well, yeah, no shit. That's the better. The older we get, but, the less we are susceptible. Yeah, we don't like, want to hear new stuff. But, yeah. you know, like, like I try to lay stuff like Jack, okay, some Jack White would be good for him, right? And he'll just be like, eh, it's not too uh, Zeppelin. <laughs> you know, I'm like, God damn it, man. But that's that's what you have on your side is that like you already yeah, have the sing along. We're not factor. reinventing the wheel. Somebody is, can be seeing you for the yeah. first time and you already have the sing along factor. And we're trying to represent you know, we're trying to you know, uh, imitate something that they already know. So of course it's you know, we have a big jump on Anybody who's trying to create something new out of the sure. box, you know, that's tough. That's cool. That's like a, that's a nice. Uh, <laughs> it's a good niche. It's a, yeah. it's pretty tight. Uh, look it up. Is it a, like a cover band? Looks like it might be a cover band. It looks yeah, tribute yeah. band, yeah. This is just a tribute. Yeah. So, uh, exactly. And then how'd you get into Agenda Social? So, yeah, that's it. Okay. It's a nine nine twelve here in the FEMA region nine. Oh, he was calling and, in early. Uh, get to take the day off today. Oh, you know, nice. Go to a memorial service. Who out? Oh, okay. Uh, just sad, but maybe uh, not so nice. Yeah, for for some we all love. So yeah, just too soon and sudden. So it was like less person passed away like last Friday night. So well, yeah, R.I.P. That's man. interesting. Condolences. Anyway. Right, well, Chris. DeLorean, Spencer, love you guys. Love you. uh, Doing it in the morning, the show. And uh, yeah, that address. And uh, whether you slept a little or you slept a lot or you just slept, go ahead and say a little cacao. 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 Christopher Battles.
<laughs> Very nice. Um, and yes, uh, Christopher Battlespin, it's hard to do a show without him calling in because like if you announce it on socials he's so good at listen like watching the socials and then he also just is like vigilant of the of the voicemails so we appreciate that a i listened lot. to his soldering uh episode yeah just a couple days ago nice yeah. beautiful so i'm hip uh and then here the illustrious booberry who's been name dropped endlessly in this one uh he left us a voicemail as well all right. Yo, what up? How's it going? Going. I am super incredibly excited for y'all to go see Hairball. It was certainly the highlight of that festival last year. Killer. It's a great way to kick off the week. I'm excited as fuck. I just want to say a big shout out to Hairball's crew. Those guys are good. kick ass. Yeah. I'm it was it was really nice. And I'm a little in awe to see a pyro guy who's firing. His cues based off of the beat, the old school way. There's no time yeah. code or anything. Fuck he's, yeah. He's backstage. He's counting them out. Boom. Oh, that's boom, way better. Boom. Fuck yeah. And safer. Boom, boom. Oh, it's so good. You love it. Um, the guitar tech on stage right. Oh, my goodness. That shit. I don't want to spoil nothing, but uh, I love it. I love too. it. Yeah. Um, I didn't crew. really have any questions prepared because I'm a little worse for wear at the moment. But feel you. Um, I am excited to hear this episode. I hope y'all have a killer show today and in the bowl. Thank you, Booberry. In the bowl. In the bowl, boobs. What a beautiful human being. Yeah, so nice. Oh my god, I love that guy. Oh man, I love to like. This is the thing is. Uh, I have an affinity for vicarious living, right? And so, like, if somebody else is <laughs> is glowing or putting out a lot, I can I can live that. I can take that. And so, when he does stuff like what he's doing here and appreciating the techs and appreciating like the the unsung heroes of any given live production, it's behind like, the scenes. It's exactly the it. He's it's behind, behind the squeams. He's behind Holy those crap. fucking squeams. And so. I just did that. Just that, just that drop. Like I'm gonna be scoping out the text tonight and like appreciating that. Yeah. I love uh, what he's describing about um, actual based off the beat pyrotechnics and uh, launching. Our guy that. does it all organically. I mean, it's all it's a complicated rig. It's all very you know it's it's efficient. It's all digital. Everything is. Very cool, but it's it's still all fired manually. So if I'm on top of a if somebody's on top of a pyro cue, he won't shoot it. You know what I mean? Sure, that's awesome. Which is which doesn't happen really, but that's the part about having a manual guy do it rather than just having sure. it all. Um, I don't even know if you can legally. I guess I, I'm not sure. I mean, Ableton could fire off our pyro technically, right? But I don't know if you can legally do it. I don't know. Interesting. Uh, I, I've, when it comes Able, to legal, Ableton, <laughs> Ableton <laughs> runs our tracks. It runs lighting. It runs video screens. Sure. So there's no reason it couldn't DMX pyro too. But, I'm sure it probably could. Yeah. We do it all by hand. Uh, Abel Kirby would tell you you could do it in Reaper. Yeah. <laughs> Reaper is a great free. App. I, uh, it's, a, it's a great program. If I wasn't on an Adobe subscription, I don't I would know if we can do all the video stuff. Try and use it. But Ableton does. You know, that's I don't, a good point. I'm not sure. 
Um, I'm certainly no expert. I, we, so. I sent him recordings, uh, made in Reaper through the stay a while album that we put out, but that was, that was my only experience in it actually. Yeah. Cause I'm an Adobe whore. Yeah. I learned that like when I was 10 or 11 was the first time I was fucking around with Adobe products. And so it was just like, there's a certain amount where you're this far baked in to a software suite that like, see, this is the fucked up thing. And I keep kind of subtly trying to tell people this over time, but I'm really not a dev or software minded guy. I'm a fucking caveman drummer. Right. And so like that kind of shit makes me so happy where he's firing off the pyrotechnics by hand, totally like hitting a button when he hears the right beat and he's using rhythm. Right. Yeah. And he's using also like line of sight of like, he knows he sees where it's going to yeah, fire he, off and watching us. everybody's yeah. clear of that thing. You know, or if like this guy does a power slide right in, uh, right above the firecracker, I'm not going to hit the button. Right? Most of like, it's all behind us, so it really can't. We we really can't be on top of it. Sure, but there is drum. There's pyrotechnics in the drum riser, so okay. You don't want to be standing on that when that goes off. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, that just uh, that's where I live, and so like I am tangentially aware of of coding and obviously like i know enough to teach it and but but there's a reason that that old phrase exists of like uh those who can do do and those who can't teach right like that's totally how i feel in the coding world a hundred percent like i would like to make my own shit but i haven't yet i've made a node people are like Other devs are always coming in and like pointing out like what I've done, and I'm like, dude, this is what I want though. Like, I want to redo my website that's still on WordPress. It's why I even learned coding at all in the first place, and I'm still like, I'm still on fucking WordPress. <laughs> I'm so far behind. It's like, uh, you know. So I don't know. I very much uh, feel it, dude. I feel like all of the struggles when people are like, oh, this should be easier, more accessible, or I don't understand it, or like, woof, that's too much, like. I, I really feel that because I, I feel the same way. And but I think people have this idea in mind of like, oh, well, you understand all that shit. You're like this elite wizard guy. And I'm like, no, I'm not even like a script kitty, right? I can teach certain things because I script am familiar kitty, with I like specific code bases. But like outside of those, it gets very painful for me, let's say. That just gave me a... A do sex reference right there with the script kitty. Script kitties, man, that's a thing. Script kitty. A script kitty is like uh, someone who doesn't know how to write code, but they can download somebody else's shit and run it and f- hack your shit. You right. know, like use yeah. other people's tools thing. to fuck with you. It's a hacker thing. Yeah. You like video games? I love video games. I love Deus Ex, by the do, way. Deus Ex. Yeah. yeah. Is that how you pronounce it? Deus Ex. I always said Deus, but do, I don't know. Deus Ex. Deus Ex. I think. Deus Ex. I just Machina. recently finished the. Uh, I missed the boat on it. It was, um, what was the uh, last one? It had little symbols you could download and then you could scan it with your phone. Ooh, and... I've only played the very first one. Oh, wow. There's so many of them. I know. I, I actually, I didn't, I was totally unaware of that until pretty recently I saw some kind of uh, Deus Ex sequel and I was like, oh, fuck. There I, was a lot of good ones. It would be really cool to revisit that good... franchise because yep. I, I just. I played the original one on Xbox 360, and that was it. Yes. Wait, are you sure? It's the, wait, no, no, no. I think. It might have been Ooh, Xbox. There's earlier ones. There's really? One I could, oh, well then. Like before uh, even um, consoles, there was the computer version of D 
TSX. Oh, this is like Fallout, isn't it? And then it came out on PlayStation 1. Oh, well then, yeah, I did not play the original. Yeah. Okay. It goes back a ways. And here's the deal. It, 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 It goes back really far into the future. And then what they did was the newer ones came closer to the present time. To where the the latest ones were more like I, I, Human flat. Evolution was the first one I played. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. That's not the first one. Okay, yeah. That's the, that's when a, a video game series when they don't do one, two, three, four, five in right. their name and be all obvious all about good. it. Yeah, you always think you're the first to the fucking party. Yeah, Assassin's Creed, I think is, I think they did numbers for a while, but they stopped doing it or something. But well, it kind of reminds me of something. That's my hobby on the bus. If I, have a lot of, if I have a lot of hours to kill and I'm eating some edibles, and then you just okay. play games until you fall asleep with totally. the controller in your hand. That's tight. So what? Nice. You said Xbox, but like which uh, one? What console I have are Xbox they on? Xbox One right now on the Xbox bus. One, and, okay. um, I just finished. Uh, yeah, do uh, Deus Ex, but it wasn't Human. Rev- it's one after that one. Uh, I can't think of the name. Uh, but it's still many years. It's like five or six years old. Was, right on. Old I think I saw something. Twenty. Mankind Divided, maybe? Yes, that's it. Okay. Yep. See, so. I've been getting back into game. Winter is my time to game because yep. it's my time to <laughs> hate myself and procrastinate and do all the, like, I, I go through these s- seasonal cycles, right? So winter is for self-loathing, being bad at planning, um... Video smoking games. cigarettes like oh. a mother bitch and uh playing video games i totally stop smoking usually the rest of the year like i don't really smoke cigarettes but in the winter it's a strange weird uh, i like it in the winter that's like a weird it pickup it is weird isn't it yeah. my dad always smokes all year so occasionally i'll bum from him Occa- very occasionally when i'm just like it's like an eye roll and like let me get one of those also I just for having six. to stand right here Probably gave up cigs maybe ten years ago. Okay, I didn't smoke them. But I probably smoked cigarettes for three years. All right. I, I, weird, pick, weird late late I've in the been, game pickup. I probably went to, with drugs or something. I don't know. Yeah, so, I've just been way on drugs. and off them for. I've never had a bad time quitting. So like the first time I ever quit right was my first serious girlfriend in, in college. She's like, I don't like you smoking. You should quit. <laughs> and so I was like, All right, bet. I'll quit, but I like drug it out. I made it this whole thing, right? I was like, all right, well, I'm weaned down and like, oh, See, I, I need all this extra shit because I'm quitting. And I like milked the fuck out of it, but really, <laughs> I didn't like, I knew I could quit tomorrow if I wanted to, or I never had withdrawals or headaches or anything from not smoking. Nicotine was just a chaperone uh, for, <laughs> with like, it's like, it's like a booze. Nicotine and booze, they chaperone harder drugs. And then once you stop doing. The harder drugs, then the booze and the nicotine become less important. You don't really need the, you don't need somebody to hold your hand anymore. Uh, you know, while you're doing stimulants. Definitely, <laughs> that's how I always felt about. You know what I mean? That's how I always felt you just about give co- up, just cocaine. Give up cocaine for what's and it meth, and then you have no problems <laughs> co- quitting smoking. Cocaine is a chaperoned alcohol. That's how I always felt yeah. about. Oh, it's the other way around. The bar world. It's the other way around. The other way around. Okay, <laughs> I can see that. It's a perspective Booze is a chaperone. thing. Okay, <laughs> booze brings you back for the cocaine so, ledge. So once, yeah, once you. Um, uh, I think it was Craig Ferguson who said that. Uh, I always thought <laughs> cocaine was a. A vitamin. <laughs> a vitamin. That, uh, the made, 70s, it was just something you had you after l- dinner. Made you less know. drunk. You took when you needed to be less drunk. 
You're at, the, you're at your dinner table. You just finish your meal. You're having a cocktail, and you lay out some cocaine in the '70s. And in was... Italy, man, they let ten-year-olds yeah. have the cocaine. It's fine. It's just part of the culture. Uh, but the the game I've been getting back into. Sorry to go on this long loop. But the game I was getting back into was uh, Grand Theft Auto V on the PC. Which also a good game. Yeah. I've played a lot of the GTA's uh, here and there over the years, and <sighs> Rockstar makes my favorite game ever, which is Red Dead Redemption Two. I'm playing that right now in my oh, book. My favorite game I've so ever good. played. Wait, no, I'm just playing Red Dead Redemption. Red oh, also Redemption. good. Also Not good. Two. Red Dead Redemption, the original, is good. Yeah. The, the, our, the first one is more parallel to like the Grand Theft Auto franchise in that it's kind of the, more uh, irreverent and funny and you can do fucked up shit. And then Red Dead 2 is it's just it's its own thing. There's nothing else like it. It makes you want to like live off grid and fucking eat only fish you cook and elk <laughs> you kill and uh never go into town except for maybe like twice a year for a bath you know like <laughs> okay <laughs> it's fucking fantastic it's its own thing uh open world open world totally and like nature it's just like there's like a few different towns in the game but most of it's just wilderness it's sure. just like open world wilderness you play the, Sky- the skyrim games i've not but i've yeah. i've watched them open world i played Morrowind or whatever. I played them all. The fourth one. I haven't played the new one, the uh, Elden Ring or whatever, which is some sort of. It's not really Elder Scrolls, but. Mm. Oh, yeah. I know a bunch of my students. That came out a year ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to be really complicated and difficult. Something about uh, turtles or tortoises. I don't know. There's so many fucking inside jokes. When you have students that are in like a little gaming community and then they're like dropping weird memes that you don't understand and you have to like look them up on Know Your Meme (laughs) and shit. Makes it. That's another like dad moment i have where i'm like what are these kids talking about i gotta figure this out i gotta relate to the youth okay yeah indeed but gta 5 is fucking gonna be 10 years old this that year. that is ancient isn't that and fucking they're making, wild they're still making things for that they still they? have online yeah. uh players yeah there's like a community i'm like gta 6 win though you know like isn't it time i Maybe. think they could do a lot of uh stuff the thing i've always appreciated so I want to say first, as like, I don't know, a weird disclaimer couch mode, like Grand Theft Auto puts out some of the most degenerate, fucked up gameplay that like, you know, there's, I I want to say there's like not a lack of uh, understanding in me when it comes to people like coming out about, oh, we should ban this or oh, this is really bad content or oh, like we should really like, like the, the stuff in that game is fucked up. For sure, yeah, you know, but it always has this biting uh, social commentary and, and and underground and stuff like like I understand where it comes from and where it's going, right? And I also understand that like the the commentaries they're making are on real life situations that happen that can get very unfunny very quickly, right? At the same time, but I've always had an appreciation for that because I've had one foot in two worlds like for a very long time in my life, and so like. The commentary and the everything I see they're doing, like I get where it's coming from, where it's going, and like I very much appreciate it. I think it's like it's the highbrow, lowbrow shit, right? Do you it's, think maybe they haven't made a new game because of 
the way things are now today I, because you, you just said like 10 uh, years was the, when they made that game. 10 fucking years. You could make stuff 10 years ago that you can't make today. That Maybe they haven't made a new game because they're afraid to make a new game. 2013. Like the shit that's Maybe in that they game, can't make a new game. That's possible. Maybe they can't greenlight funding. Maybe they can't like. Or the, the, you're, not, you're certainly not going to get the obnoxious shit in the game that you got in there 10 years ago. You're not going to be running over hookers and taking their money, I don't think. I think I, that's going to be a hard sell. I don't know. You it's, know? It's it's kind of cr- crazy to think about, right? Because you have this kind of dual scenario. One, you have this game that's now 10 years old, and it was released then, right? So you can be like, right. well, that was, that was 10 years ago. You know, we've come a long way, and that was 10 years ago. But at the same time, like you said, it's still online, and it's still maintained, and like... People still want to play it. There, there, there are GTA devs working GTA now, and it's, it's a maintained game. Like, it's a, still a current thing. It's very much a current and a live thing. Maybe that's the way they keep making it relevant. You rather might than be making a new there. than a GTA four. Making a new thing or GTA or... six, I mean. I'm sorry. Six. Yeah. Instead of a GTA six, we're just gonna keep modifying this. You might be on to something there. It's crazy. Like, could it be done today? I don't know. Even like every radio ad, and they do it for both sides, you know, like they lambast like the uh, lib- old hyper liberal yoga people, and they lambast the ultra conservative. I'm going to shoot the immigrants people. Yeah. And, everything's uh, extremist in GTA. Yeah, wow. everything's turned up to eleven, and um, so are the main characters. Yeah, know? and totally. like, if my kids saw me playing that, they'd probably be fucking horrified and confused. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so, yeah, I don't know, but. Uh, I don't know. I've been getting back into it. It's still just so funny to me. Like that's one of the funniest video games I've ever played. Still, I probably need to reintroduce that game on the bus. I should probably. That's just, this might be my inspiration to reload that yeah. on my console and maybe give that a wing. Like Trevor Phillips is probably the most fucked up Canadian character of, yeah. of all time that's sure. ever been written. Yeah, don't you think? Yeah. Just like a total psycho. Total psych, and and that's the that's the challenge. If you're rock stars, like every one of their protagonists has always been a fucking psycho, right? Like you have to be in order to even none of those people are PC. Be able <laughs> in order to be able to do all the things you can do right. in game. You got to be a fucking psycho. You got to go against the narrative. He just takes it to the, like yeah. a level past where he even thought was possible. Indeed, fucking fantastic. Well, shit, man, we're hitting about that time zone, but uh, is there anything else you want to uh, tell the good people to find you at or plug? Or Not really. I mean, you can you can find me on uh, No Agenda Social. I think you mentioned that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we're, you can find Hairball on any of the socials, YouTube, uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. <laughs> you know nice. what I mean? Just type it in, hairballonline.com. Hairball uh, that's about it, man. Dude, I got to tell you, I'm very psyched for the show today, and I very much appreciate you coming in and not only talking to us, but playing some songs yeah, and it's uh, fun. you know just hanging out in general. Like it's been beautiful, man. I really appreciate it. I'll get yeah. a little nap in. We're gonna have a great time. Fuck I'll yeah. catch you guys later. We'll we'll take some pictures and post them on the uh, on the social. Excellent. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks all you bowlers out there, and uh, of course, remember all your boosts. A third are set up to go to uh, Sir Chris Fox here, who will be receiving the first pieces of Bitcoin he's ever had in his whole life. Far out. So uh, with that in mind, we'll be back next Tuesday at the same time we always rock, 9 p.m. 
in FEMA Region 7, Central U.S. time. Right after DH Unplugged wraps up on the No Agenda stream, we usually start you off with some music and then roll into the show. Until then, I shall remain Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. I'll be Dame DeLorean. Sir Chris Fox. Yay! Until next time, bowlers, may your bowls burn ever brighter. Dance and move your legs around. That's why his body fell apart. It's just weird they talk to checks into it. I know somebody who has great natural tits. Don't you want to see me naked? Do you know how bad you sound? Yes. Uh, I mean, yes. You'd know that if you'd ever listened to my podcast. Bowl after bowl. Shout out. Shout out. Lots of weed. I also know a thing or two about cannabis. Ooh, slips it in. There it is. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl dot com. <laughs>